The Tougher Commute, Season 6, Episode 1, in which we open a new season talking about openers. Let's get started. Hey, Sean. How you doing, Lindsay? Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to be back. It's been it's been quite some time, actually. Well, How are you doing? Well, yeah, hasn't it? We've had a long summer. I mean, it, it's funny. Most people are most people have quiet summers, but we tend to have busy ones. I think, don't we? That's true. Yes, English teachers in general, I think, have often busy summers, and uh, certainly it used to be the case for me that my busiest time of year was the summer if I was doing summer school. Is that the case for you? This time it wasn't, but uh, for you, yeah, for me, definitely, it was a very busy summer. Uh, summer school uh, in Oxford, as usual. So, yeah. What so else did you do this summer? Uh, what else did I do this summer? Uh, I worked for a substantial percentage of it, and then I uh, went on holiday to the Swiss Alps. Okay. Oh, you, nice. were in, you were in the French Alps, were you? That's right, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I live in, of course, living in Spain, I'm not that far away, but I went uh, to the, yeah, in the south um, with family. That was a, a like a very short escape from everything, from uh, working the rest of the summer pretty much. Certainly all of July I was working and half of half of August. I did so. something that I haven't done for about 30 years. I also went camping. Oh my gosh. I haven't <laughs> gone camping for 20 years. How was it? I, you know what? It was fabulous. It was really nice. I think we happened to hit a, hit a, a weekend in the UK where the weather was fabulous and it was just really nice. I'm tense. I, I, I mean, I'm wrecked from sleeping on the floor but my tent was quite good and it was yeah, it was it was interesting to do it uh there you go something i haven't done for a long time so um did you do anything different this summer um no <laughs> not really <laughs> not really by the way while we're talking about this in case some some of you are new listeners to this this uh, this is the tefl commute that you're listening to uh my name is Lindsay, and my co-host is hi i'm sean Sean, uh, we uh, do this podcast where we it's a podcast for English language teachers, um, which isn't about English language teaching, but the topic comes up. And uh, so as you can hear from our first couple of minutes here on the on the on the podcast, um, the topic hasn't come up yet. Well, there is a has, reason that it, it has. I think you're right. It has. <laughs> we we did plan this. That little bit of idle chit chat at the beginning of our podcast was a bit like what what ling- language teachers are supposed to do with students on the first class back to school after the summer holidays. Am I right, Sean? Is that is that what this was about? I think so. Yeah, yeah. This is t- typical high class. What's, what, what did you do uh, during the summer holidays or the, that very typical kind of what did you do last weekend or what did you do last summer? Um, yeah. We, we tend, to, and, and, tend to open with after a break. Yes, because our topic today actually is openers, openers to classes, openers to lessons, openers to courses and so on, all kinds of different openers. We're going to get into that in a moment. Um, But the classic one that you were just telling is like, what did you do last weekend or this summer? Um, And then, Sean, you started by uh, asking me like a slight 
variation on that. What did you say? What was the last question you asked me? What did I do something more unusual yeah, this summer? I just thought I'd go for something different because uh, I, I, yeah. I presume that students must get bored of hearing. You know, the, do they predict? It's okay. It's the first day back, right? So the teacher's going to come into the room and say, "What did we do last summer?" I just thought maybe go for a different angle. You know, like I know. You know, if I I'm thinking if I wanted to, you know. Uh, really suck up to a new language teacher as a student if I was learning a new language and it was the first class back in my pre-intermediate course I'd probably memorize like a whole paragraph of what to say which I would invent half the details about like a really interesting summer that included several irregular verbs or difficult conjugations just to if I wanted well, you, to if I, if I was a, someone a, like a that. well-practiced language student to know to do something creative add irregular verbs add this <laughs> quite funny. yeah add this add a good structure <laughs> add a subjunctive yeah so, um, yeah, so what, just, what are some Alter, other alternatives you said like well, something unusual yeah, uh, I, quite, you have I, other? I, I think it was from the SR library I saw a really nice list of uh, like uh, alternative back to school topics so uh, what what didn't I do this summer uh, a unique person I met this summer um, a day that I wish it didn't happen this summer just kind of some nice spins I guess I tell you what I'll do is I'll we'll, um, expand it and put it as the end of pod activity because again if you're new to the podcast at the end of the pod we always put an activity that you can take into the classroom so I'll I'll make it that one at the end of it. So I want to go back, though. Um, you said we're talking about openers, Lindsay. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think before we really get into a discussion, we need to actually agree what an opener is. Because I think that, I think people might say an opener, a warmer, an icebreaker, and com- I put them all under one one kind of term. Is that, is yeah. that where we're coming from? I think so. I mean... For the purpose of this podcast, I think we're going to be covering a multitude of different things which could be covered by openers. But for since we are language teachers and we like to get stickly about language, we should uh, probably specify that there are different kinds of uh, jargon. I guess we call it yeah, our jargon. jargon. It's not that harder jargon on 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 what happens at the beginning of the class and and distinctions have been made and people have gotten angry online in blog posts and stuff like this about this. So. So uh, let's define a couple terms. I think there's a you can draw a distinction between an opener and an icebreaker. And so my feeling would be like the icebreaker is something that literally is to break the ice to get to get a class started, a new class started, a first class, or or, or a group after an extended break, or people who don't know each other, or a new student has joined the class. So it's those kind of like the classic ELT one is throwing the ball around and saying what your name is, but there's lots of others. Yeah, I always, I think I agree. I always kind of see icebreakers as something to do with learning people's names. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or learning something about yeah, them, yeah. like where are they from, uh, how long have they been learning English, and so on. Um, and that often comes at the beginning of the lesson. So you could argue that is opening the lesson, but it's but not it, necessarily connected to the to the topic of the lesson. And or, it only, or, or the and it only kind of opens the beginning of the academic year lesson, doesn't it? In in that sense, it is an opener that, in that lesson. True. But or I guess if you're going into a if you are going into a class for the first time. Um, you know, like you pick up a new class halfway through the term or you're covering for a new teacher, that might be the opener, might be an icebreaker. I'm going to confuse That's them, right. put them together. Uh, but I think then an opener would be more like the warm-up questions, task, activity, language point that leads into the main topic of the lesson. So, And usually in a lesson, a language lesson, that probably is going to be some kind of text, like a reading text or a, or a listening text, or it could be like a big task, like a big speaking role-play task. And so your opener is is something that kind of like, uh, that, that doesn't 
you know, that, that, that warms you up to that or, or more jargon that activates the schema. Would <laughs> so, that be so part the, of the... the oh, is it? So oh, my favourite, uh, I can't remember the course book, I don't want to mention it anyway if I did, but get into purse and talk about the last time you travelled in a van. Oh, that's an awesome it's opener. A, that's a cool but, yes. opener. That would be an opener, not an icebreaker then, yeah? <laughs> that would be an opener, not an icebreaker. I don't breaker. think any ice would break it. It would be, it would be, but the, again, I think the line could get blurred because you could conceive of that as like one question in a very weird series of questions <laughs> that are an icebreaker, yeah, I, you know, like find it, out it, it, uh, all kinds it of kind things. It kind of was decontextualizing de- de- in, in this conversation, but in the, in the, in the, piece of material i'm referring to it is the, genuinely the first question um, so it is odd that is amazing um, i think also i mean so openers let's agree then that openers relate to the main topic or or task of the lesson whereas an icebreaker is at the beginning of of a course so what's the difference I, between an icebreaker I, and a warmer I, then? well can so, i just go back and question one thing then uh so okay, uh, go uh, for does it. an opener only look forward because i'm thinking i begin my lessons with uh, a task that might revise as well as look forward like then i would call that the warmer okay so that's where we're going with the difference well i don't know i kind of think the warmer is the beginning thing at the beginning of a class to get people warmed up speaking english thinking in english uh, back into english mode from whatever commuting mode or or gym class mode or <laughs> so, whatever else they so were doing despite its name the opener might not be the opening stage of a lesson <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah are we coming to a point where the opener actually doesn't open a lesson at all <laughs> that's, that's where i was going that's, no... what I, that's what i'm kind of saying yeah but they but we, that's why you see why it's important to discuss these things um i know but uh yeah i think um yeah because by name you think opener sounds like it's opening the lesson but it's not it's it's a, yeah. a lesson opener is a i guess what we're saying is it's a topic opener not a lesson opener necessarily yeah in, in it so then my next question is <laughs> if we have established this uh, uh, and for the sake of brevity <laughs> i think we should establish it quickly otherwise we'll be here for a long time <laughs> okay so are any of these a waste of time? I remember seeing a, 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 a talk title at a conference, a workshop title um, called Is Are Warmers and Openers a Waste of Time? And it was a really interesting um, thing. Of course, the person who gave that talk, then I remember them started off by saying, I gave this title, but I don't think it's true because this course is not a waste of time. They're very useful, activating schema, blah, 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 blah. But it did make me think because the minute I thought of that, I thought of my own lessons as a as a, as a novice teacher but even an experienced teacher and lessons i've observed where the opener or the warmer eats up like half of the class if if you're not careful and in that case maybe are are, are we addicted to warmers openers icebreakers well the, the, um i think we do need to warm the students up um whether if we make the difference between warmers and openers, I think students need to be warmed up. Like you said, they could, the many students could have been in the gym class five minutes before the lesson, you know, the, yeah. the kind of, yeah. uh, this idea of switching their brains into English. Um, I think openers are important. Um, I've got, I, uh, my initial thing with what you're saying there is what, so what's the problem if they go on 20 minutes and there's useful language coming out of it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Now we're getting, we're get we're going dogma. Yeah. On yeah. It, I, know, I, I just wonder with it. I think um, if, if I put my teacher trainer hat on, I think a lot of teachers aren't actually uh, a novice teacher, shall we say sometimes don't know how to really link that or, or to use the best of that opener and then take it into the next stage. Cause often we're asking those questions, as you said, to introduce a, a reading to activate schematic and often that I think sometimes when you're watching really beginning teachers they ask the opening question but don't realize that it is an opener and and then tie it very well to the next stage I think in that point at that point it's a waste of time because it's meaningless um 
Amen. That's true. That's true. I've seen that as well, where you do the, the you do the opening, and then they're like, okay, let's move on now. Now let's read yeah, this exactly. without kind of um, making yeah, that yeah, link. That, to be fair, to to be fair to the novice teachers, certain material that could could be partly them, could be partly I, the material they're I working wasn't with, criticizing novice teachers. I was just saying that that's a. I was trying to exemplify where it might be a waste of time. Right. So, right. But, but yeah, yes. material could be better. I mean, some course. There is also some course. There is books. also a. Th- <laughs> those those ones written. They, those some course books. You know, they're written by like Lindsay and stuff like that. <laughs> the links. <laughs> oh, the, the the links are perfect in those ones. Um, there is another reason why one could argue that openers should not be given too much space or time. Um, and this comes back to psychology. I think we had, I, I found this and you said, yeah, we're, you knew about this as well. I didn't know the name of it. The serial position effect. Do you want to tell us what the serial position well, effect is? Well, if I understand is, it the same Sean? way as you, and, and, um, then it's, it's basically that uh, stuff uh, near the beginning and end is the stuff that you remember in the lesson. That, that basically, that's right. Yeah. Hide, hide the crap in the middle of the lesson so everybody leaves. I mean, in, in customer service, it would be leave them, leave them with a smile on their face, wouldn't it? <laughs> kind of thing. That's right. Like, but I think it's also, yeah, the, the, the items near the beginning and end of a series are recalled best, but those in the middle worst. So if you look at your series of activities in a lesson um, and we apply serial position effect, the opener of the lesson or the icebreaker, whatever comes at the beginning of the lesson is remembered best and so is what comes at the end. But what happens if your most important stuff was the stuff in the middle? So It's interesting because if you, if you know, like um, you can plan out a theory and maybe we could do an episode on memory and, and vocabulary at some point, but um, if you apply that theory to lists, which is how students that's uh, true. is how students yeah. keep vocabulary. Um, I always say to students, learn the learn the words in the middle because you're most likely to remember the ones at the beginning of the list using the same same theory that uh, um, applied applied to memory. So it is a very interesting maybe a whole maybe well serial position should be a, a title of an episode later on. <laughs> serial position, <laughs> serial position. Uh, nice. Uh, anyway, um, shall we take a break before we move on? Yes, I, I kind of feel in the mood for a bit of inspiration. Okay, here we go. Your inspiration. Don't forget that you're a winner type. Think that you're winning. Be sure that you're understanding. Oh, oh, that's nice. It's been too long. As a good, all teachers need to open their year with a bit of inspiration. Their day, indeed. Their day, indeed. Um, Here, about on the topic of openers, I thought we could take a a slight turn away from opening a lesson and look at opening conversations, Um, like in language, how we open, how we like openers to start talking to people, because these are kind of things that that students. you mean how we mean drilling into students that the answer to how do you do is how do you do? Yes, or or <laughs> or other questions apart from just like hello or or ways of opening conversation. And to do this, I found one of my favorite books um, that I got when I started teaching. That it was given by a colleague of my mother's gave it to me. I started. I learned to teach in Canada, and this I got given this book, which was from. 
Okay, I'm just reading it to you here. It's from the Minister of Supply and Services Canada. So it's a series of pamphlets from the Ministry of Supply and Services. I don't know why it was that minister. Um, uh, their language bureau made a, um, a whole series of pamphlets for teachers. And one of these pamphlets was called Openers. And it's all about conversation gambits for opening conversations. And they're like these little activities. It's a wonderfully old, it's from 1977. And it's a wonderfully old um, book, but it's kind of like a precursor, almost a kind of lexical approach type stuff, because it's got all these little chunks for opening. So I thought I would, what I would do is I would give you the like it's it's very much in the in the in the vein of like the functional syllabus i i presume this was written at the time when functional uh, syllabus was becoming really big I, I in language so. teaching yeah mid 1970s that would be that's right true. yeah this would have been after Will, uh willis's work would it have been Anyway, the work, the early work on the functional uh, syllabus. So I'm going to give you the function, and you see if you can tell me the op- an opener for it. Okay, so one opener, inter- uh, the, the function was interrupting politely. Often we have to approach total strangers to ask them for information. Here are a few openers that are handy in such cases. Okay, Sean, what would you say? What would you teach oh, us? Oh, wow. If, you, if I'm going to be dreadfully British, I would be, uh, excuse me, could you possibly tell me the way to? That... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably a bit more advanced. Excuse me was definitely there. There's also pardon me. I don't know. I don't say pardon me. but Ah, oh, pardon me. That's a, that's a Pardon me is not something we say very much. No, no. Because they also have here, pardon me for interrupting, but. Excuse me for interrupting. Yeah. What about may I interrupt for a moment? <laughs> so you're asking permission to interrupt by interrupting. Yeah. Um, then uh, da, 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 da. here's another one. Openers, question openers to ask someone about something. Suppose you want to buy the items listed below in a shop. How would you address the department store clerk? Okay. So you want to buy some things. Electric typewriter, they say here. Interesting. Desk lamp, pajamas. <laughs> so what is your opener there? That's quite a combination of things, isn't it? Typewriter, <laughs> desk lamp, and pajamas. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, excuse me, mate. Where can I find some pajamas? Okay. Uh, they don't have that one. Uh, uh, okay. They've got. I'd like to know. I don't, don't think these are very. Have, these are maybe. Are, is this very Canadian? Are these Canadian openers? Because it's so polite. Uh, I'd like to know. Do you happen to know where the electric typewriters are? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of the same formality. Uh, could I? We could doing. I ask? Could I ask? Could you okay. tell me? Could I ask you think, well, surely you've already asked, so what's the point? <laughs> well, yes, that's if one runs into a store clerk like yourself. Yes, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pedantic. <laughs> yeah. here, here's, uh, an, here's another one. Here, here, They had a whole section called digression openers and digressions. Um, uh, you, you want to digress into something else or you want to return to the topic. So if you want to move off topic and open into another topic. So we're talking about last weekend and you suddenly want to talk about something else. Give me an opener for that. Um, mm, that's all well and good, but perhaps we could now talk about, oh, that's a bit business English. Isn't oh, it? that's a bit better than that. Yeah. Ooh, Here, ooh. I'll give you, I'll give you one. Speaking of. Oh, yes, that's what yeah. it is. Oh, hey, that's remi- spe- that reminds me. Exactly, of. that one's in there. Yes, that reminds yeah. me. Speaking about, oh, before I forget, 
or I just thought of something. Those are good good openers to go into another one. And then how would you um oh what da 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 oh no anyway I had a whole bunch of these. I might include some of these in the show notes because yeah, it's a really be- interesting book. Of course, I don't think anyone can find it anywhere. If you wanted to try to find it online, the book is called Gambits, um, and it's openers, and it's from the Public Service Commission of the Minister of Services and Supply in Canada, 1977. The, the, uh, the, um, the Ministry of what? Supply and Services. Okay. Of yeah. Course. Interesting. So that was opening conversations. What, what, does, what does the Ministry of Supply and Services do apart from produce leaflets? I, I, I have no idea. I don't even know if they, if they were not cut, if they were a victim of cutbacks. Um, could be the I, case. I just um, I googled it and I, I didn't find that, but I found uh, five opening gambits. And five opening gambits are to start talking about the traffic or weather. Okay. Yeah, well, probably be true in the UK. Oh, look at the weather! Um, how often do you come here? Which sounds like a chat-up line rather than a, <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's uh, true. How do you know, John? <laughs> okay, that's that's yeah, that's true. Are you a friend of the bride or the groom? Um, <laughs> uh, how long have you belonged to? This is especially good opening gap. It is a meeting, apparently. Oh, okay. Okay. And what do you think about? Which is a good opening for an immediate context. For example, if the speakers are at a professional meeting at which there is a presentation. <laughs> right. Oh, nice. I, you know, of course, well, a, a classic a classic Canadian opening has always been cold enough for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's kind of that's a, the equivalent of um, lovely weather, the weather. Today, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's true. kind of that's uh, definitely true. I mean, in Canada, you do have extremes uh, uh, of weather, that's for sure. Um, I would, um, I think we should have a break, and I, in this uh, in this break, I think I'll introduce you to one of my favourite lesson openers. So, you ready for a bit of music? Oh yeah, go for it. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, then you'll know that from time to time we like to drop in the occasional game for you to enjoy on your commute. One way to open the lesson is by playing some pieces of music and letting the students guess the theme for the music, then therefore the lesson. So using that idea, here is the first ever TEFL Commute pop quiz. The student in you simply has to guess the theme that links all the tracks. The music lover in you has to identify the name of each track and the artist. The one catch is that you'll only hear the opening few bars. Are you ready? Then here we go. Your lady. 
there you go then, finishing with our rather cheesy track, which has been viewed over 37 million times on YouTube, apparently. So your job was to uh, guess the link, which I suspect wasn't too hard, but did you guess all the artists and song titles? We'll give you the answers at the end of the podcast. Did you get them all? Um, all except one of them. Um, but uh, I got the title wrong. You got the title wrong. I'm going to guess you don't know much about John. Yes. What What is the title of that song? Uh, I'm not going to say now in case somebody's thinking about it. You know, we're well, giving away the answer. There's still a little bit of the commute left. Yes. All right. Okay. That drives we'll, me we'll crazy. I'll put the answers at the end. They can. They can go. Somebody can go to the think about world and how beautiful and nice it is. I think of a synonym. There you go. All right. Um, do you, uh, do you often do that kind of opener? This kind of new, I guess, musical opener where. You know, you contextualize the lesson by uh, by pro- producing pieces of music that are about the topic. Um, I have done in the past, but I haven't done it recently. I have to admit, I haven't used music at all recently. You know what I suspect most people are using uh, more now is probably a, like a YouTube video clip of something to contextualize yeah. a lesson. And I know that I've been doing that as well. Ah, that's interesting. I think this idea of technology replacing stuff. Okay. I guess that makes it easy to find photos. And like that That's true. True. Photos and multimedia has been the whole way of opening a lesson multi in a multimedia way is much better now than than for example when I was teaching with that that other book I told you about <laughs> the nineteen seventy seven book. Yeah, I, I quite like. Yeah, I, I guess I do that as well. I quite like. Uh, I like. Um, I guess you'd call it more like authentic listening as well, but like me telling a story, like using it. So they're listening to me. Yeah, I like the sound of my that, voice. I like those kind of things. That's true. Uh, the live listening. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live listening. That's the word I was looking for. Not authentic uh, uh, with it. Um, yeah, no, there's lots of different ways you can open lessons, aren't there? It's. Uh, I've just lost my list. Pictures, music. Somebody suggested using Cuisinier rods. That's what takes me back a bit. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes, this kind of treads on the toes of uh, one of the lessons we did at the beginning of season, one of the lessons, one of the episodes we did at season five, uh, which if you're interested in this topic, you can always find um, our episode on, was it First Lessons? I think we did one on First Lessons. Um, Season five, episode one, I think, or season four, episode one. Anyway, just to our listeners, if this is one of the first times you're listening to the TEFL Commute we are in season six, which means there have been five seasons of us whittling on about all kinds of topics from what have we talked about in the past, Sean? Uh, Al- first uh, lessons, al- classrooms, alcohol, commuting, stationary, oh. all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. So definitely, uh, if you are new to the Tefl Commute, go back and listen to some of the older, older episodes. You can find this all at our website. Great. Shall we actually stop whittering for once and let people get, get on with their daily uh, teaching? I think so. I think I think people are probably coming to the end of their commute. So let's finish our let's close our opening um, episode. Oh no, our closers warm as cold as the fillers. Oh no, more terminology is going through my head again now. All right, let's fi- <laughs> let's find out the answers to your quiz, and then hear our end of pod activity. Hang on, remember the zero position effect. We've got to be good at the end. Difficult one, huh? To start with, Pink Floyd and another Brick in the Wall Part 2. And obviously Alice Cooper schools out. Next up, Madness and Baggy Trousers, followed by the Boomtown Rats and I Don't Like Mondays. 
which segues very nicely into the police and don't stand so close to me. And the track after that is the one that Lindsay couldn't guess, and that's by Sam Cooke, and it's called What a Wonderful World. What surprised me, of course, is that Lindsay knows that he's busted and what I go to school for. And finally, uh, our cheesy track is the High School Musical. We're all in this together. And of course, the connection, well, what else but education or school. Well done if you got them all. And that's the end of our game and the podcast. Bye. Producer James here with a quick message to say thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to show your support for the show, then you can help us in just a minute and it won't cost you a thing. Not everyone is as tech savvy as you. So if you know someone who would enjoy the show, get hold of their phone, open up the podcast app and show them how to find the podcast. You can even hit the subscribe button for them. With your help, we can reach even more teachers. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea you can take into your class to open your lesson. In the episode, Sean and Lindsay referred to groan-inducing questions often used to open a post-summer lesson. What did you do on your summer holiday? The ESL Library offers teachers a list of the possible discussion questions, which act as a variant and might avoid the students rolling their eyes. So how about starting a lesson by using one of these? What I didn't do this summer. A unique person I met this summer. My most memorable moment of the summer. One thing I learned this summer. The person I spent the most time with this summer. The best meal I ate this summer. A day that I wish didn't happen this summer. What I wish I'd taken a picture of this summer. Something educational I did this summer. Something I bought this summer. Something I made this summer. The best word to describe this summer. And of course, it doesn't have to be just about the summer. You can replace that with weekend, autumn, or any other time frame. You can find the instructions for this and our other end of product activities at our website, www.teflcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tuffle Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tufflecommute.com.